Praise the Lord. Father in heaven, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness. We thank you, Lord, for bringing us into the house of the Lord. Oh, Lord, we thank you. Blessed be your righteous name. Thank you, Lord. Lord, you clear the path before each one of your children who has a heart to seek your face. We thank you, Lord. You've always been faithful. We can always depend upon you, Lord. When we look beyond the circumstances and look to the one who sits on the throne in heaven, there will be a parting of the Red Sea. There will be a parting of the obstacles. You are the God who breathes into us, gives us new life. Thank you, Lord. We praise you, Father. We magnify you. We pray that you would speak by your Spirit into our hearts, O Lord. Cover us all with the precious blood of the Lamb of God. Give us, Lord, the understanding we need to take the Word, receive it, and put it into practice. So we can see more and more mighty miracles, Lord. Mountains move that stand against us. Lord, you will grind those mountains. You would give us the ability to grind those mountains down. By faith in you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Touch every heart, I pray. Every heart. Lift up the hearts that are stooping low. Father, I pray that you give hope to the hearts that are heavy, burdened, Lord. And I pray that you would dispel every darkness, every fear in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Thank you, Lord. Through you, we should do valiantly. Because the right hand of the Lord is exalted. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. Hallelujah. Let's say that together. The right hand of the Lord is exalted. And the right hand of the Lord does valiantly. The right hand of the Lord is exalted. And the right hand of the Lord does valiantly. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We praise you and thank you. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Please be seated. Ezekiel chapter 37. A very familiar passage. Ezekiel chapter 37. This passage we're going to read is about life coming into that which is totally hopeless. And the Lord explains how he brings to life something that is completely dead. Literally dead. Literally rotting or rotten. No use for anything or anyone. But before we read this passage, I want you to go to Ezekiel 36. And we're going to read that chapter together. Let's see the background of that famous chapter in the passage in Ezekiel 37. We're going to look at Ezekiel 36. These people were in captivity. Israel, Judah had no hope. And that's what they were telling themselves 
all the time. God heard this cry. He felt their burden. And just like in Egypt, the Israelites were in bondage, and all they knew was to give in to despair, to give in to the pressure of the circumstance. It was weighing so heavily on them. They seemed to have no way to see any light. And then the word came, as you know, through the servant of God, Moses, to tell them that your emancipation or liberation day is coming. It's here. And they had a hard time believing that initially. Similarly, centuries later, when the Israelites or the Jews, People of Judah were in captivity in a foreign land because of their sins. They didn't acknowledge God, His commandments, but they did whatever they wanted to. They began to lose all hope. And the time that the Spirit of God spoke through Ezekiel, they had zero hope. In our lives we have situations that seem to be beyond hope. And it weighs so heavy on the heart of the person who's carrying that load. Jesus came to heal broken hearts. Amen? Jesus Christ came to heal the heavy hearts. A person can be without money, even without friends, without human relationships. But if they're carrying a sorrow that's so deep, nothing really matters. Isn't that right? You can have the money. You can have the friends. You can have the relationships. You can have everything in the world. But if you have that burden that you're carrying, that's sometimes buried so deep underneath the surface, no one perhaps knows about it, and no one can cure it. It's a heavy burden. Sometimes we can't even explain what it is we're carrying. It's so enigmatic. It's, it's just beyond our understanding. But it hurts. The burden hurts. A broken heart is not just a person who's been cut off from a, a relationship. Or they felt they've been wronged. But it's a deep wound that really questions sometimes why they were ever born. That's how deep the burden can come when God is not in the picture. It can happen naturally to everyone in the world, but it can also happen to a person who's Christian. This doesn't mean that Christ is powerless. It doesn't mean that the person is bad per se. But it means that there's something that causes them to give up. These Israelites, or the people of Judah, gave up. Yes, they suffered because they ignored the Sabbath rest that God said to observe in their whole lives. They ignored so many things that God said. They began to imitate everything that they saw God's enemies do. And God was waiting and waiting and waiting. And He kept telling them, 
Don't go that route because it's going to destroy you. But he loved them and he, so he kept warning them. And then they eventually reached that limit where God had to act. And as you know, the Babylonians came and this is what always happens when we ignore God, we go into slavery. It's a default. We go into fear and oppression and despair. And these people who believed in God, they ignored God and they went into captivity. But as I said a few moments ago, there are people who haven't done anything wrong. People who are walking with God and there's a gloom, a spirit that's dark that comes and whispers things so subtly sometimes that they actually think it's their own thoughts. But it's the enemy. Because anytime you're without hope, you can know for sure it's not the voice of God. It's the voice of the enemy of God. Our enemy, the devil. But the people are burdened and it's been a long time and they cannot see any escape. So all they do is sing the songs of slavery. And God sees their despair as He always does. Time and time again when the people of God turned away from God, God always had a message of mercy. How beautiful our God is. We don't have to fear that maybe God is in a bad mood today. Maybe today the promise, like a lot of human beings, that He made yesterday is not going to work out for me. That's a great confidence that I have. Unlike any other God, any other belief, I know that Jesus loves me. Amen? Jesus loves you. Based upon that truth, you can know that He will always have mercy for us. He'll always have hope. But the clouds can be so heavy in between us and Jesus, if we let it, that we see just darkness. God breaks through. And as He said to the people of Judah, the people are saying, we're like dry bones. We are beyond hope. That's a heavy statement to say. That reflects a deep sorrow and a deep burden that sometimes people today, they can carry that and they are able to function doing the things they need to to survive, physically at least. But emotionally, spiritually, they feel like they're dead. That's exactly what Judah felt. They were breathing, they had a pulse, but they felt like we are dead and gone. We're just going through the motions. When you think about it, it's rather than just studying the scripture and thinking about it in historical context, it's important. Or analyzing it from a psychological point of view. You know what we need to do? We need to look at ourselves first and say, Lord, is there a burden that I'm carrying? Are there sorrows that are buried deep inside me? I still need to be healed. That's a very real dilemma and problem that God cares about. Because so long as the deep-rooted sorrow is there and the burden is there, 
We cannot be free to enjoy God's goodness in the land of the living. Nor can we exercise the faith that God gives us to move mountains for ourselves and other people. We become even worse than handicapped. Become effectively dead. That's the weight. Someone says, I know all about that. We see that every day in this world. In fact, I'm carrying that. God says, He can breathe into you and revive you from the depths of your heart. So that every nook and corner, every chamber that has sorrow, sometimes it's because we're waiting for a miracle. Sometimes it's because of sin. It's because of willful disobedience. And you know what? We're carrying it all along still. Never let it go. Never came to Jesus and said, Lord, even if I have a hard time believing that you can forgive me of what I've done, I really need to feel that forgiveness, Lord. Will you help me? Because Jesus never meant for us to be under such a heavy weight. To try to walk two roads at the same time. Impossible. A Christian road where I know I'm going to heaven and I know Jesus paid the price on the cross but then I have these burdens that have never been let go. Sometimes, as I said, it's not due to sin. It's because we are actually walking with God and the enemy brings that heavy cloud because he's after you and the calling of God on your life. Israel never stopped having that call of God on their lives. Never. When God called them out of Egypt, He said, Israel, you're my glory. There's no other nation in the whole earth that has ever had God come to them and said, you are mine. And He said further, you're my precious treasure people. And through you, I'm going to broadcast the message of hope to the whole world. When they went into captivity, they lost that. They lost the vision. They lost the life, the desire. They lost everything. And that's what they were singing. But God said, even if it looks like it's over, I'm going to do something new. I'm going to sprinkle water and wash you completely so you become brand new. And that's what we want to look at now in chapter 36 of Ezekiel before we read the famous Dry Bones chapter, chapter 37. Ezekiel chapter 36. And you, son of man, prophesy to the mountains of Israel and say, O mountains of Israel, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God, because the enemy has said of you, Aha, the ancient heights have become our possession. Israel had physical enemies, but there were demons behind those physical enemies. Today, we have a very direct assault from the devil. He's ever trying to do what? Rob us. Rob us of the peace that God has given. He purchased it through the blood of the cross. 
rob us of hope. And he brings that message, so quick to bring it, that message that, you know what? Here we go again. That's what he says. Back to the drawing board. You never really understood God. You never really made it. Every seeming victory you had was a delusion. That's the voice of the imposter, the devil. God's been watching. God's been hearing. He said, I've watched the enemies come and taunt you, harass you day and night, tell you you're no good and you're done and I'm going to rob you of everything you ever got. The Lord said, I'm going to deal with that bully, the devil. In our lives, we need to know that God is concerned, especially when we are feeling lonely, we're feeling burdened, we're feeling hopeless, we're feeling, Lord, the devil's just coming at me every which way he can. And I'm hurt. I'm feeling distressed. The Lord says, I'm not done with you. And I'm going to deal with the enemy. He says, because they said such a thing against you, when he says the mountains of Israel, he's talking about the glory, the strength of Israel. In fact, when the devil came against Israel or Judah, he was coming against God. When the enemy comes against you, the Lord takes it personally. Number one, because He is the sovereign King of the universe. And no one can try to usurp His power. Secondly, because we are His people. He's a good, good Father. Amen? He's a good, good Father. He won't stand idly by watching us be, get beat up by the devil. But you know what He'll do? Just like in this chapter, it says... The word of the Lord came to Ezekiel. We need to know what God says about my problem, my situation. If I am not able to listen to God's voice, I will be in that despair and go deeper and deeper as time goes by. But if I can say, Lord, what do you say about this? Lord, what do you want me to do? Then that spirit of God can begin to work and begin to change the heart. Verse 3, God has heard this. He says, I'm watching. Therefore prophesy and say, Thus says the Lord God, because they made you desolate and swallowed you up on every side. Bullies all around them. Today we can say demons. All around He says, so that you became the possession of the rest of the nations and are taken up by the lips of talkers and slandered by the people. Satan is a slanderer. Every good thing God's done for you, he'll come and say, it never happened. You're no good. And you're never going to make it. That's a lie from the pit of hell. But how often believers, when they face trouble... They're quick to give ear to the devil and think that it's them just venting their frustrations. The Spirit of God didn't create us with a brand new inside through the blood of Jesus so that we can ever have any hopelessness. And that's the truth. God has never designed even one second of hopelessness for any believer. Not even one second. He's never designed that. 
But the devil has been given that ability to bring on whatever he can so that God can show his care and mercy on us, his love and his power to defeat him just like through Job every single time. And as we go through the trouble, we go through wounding, we go through brokenness, we go through despair, we go through loneliness, we might think, Lord, maybe I'm not supposed to be happy. Has the devil ever told you that? Sure he has. Maybe this is my lot in life and I'm going to make it to the promised land, but unfortunately, I'm going to get there crawling on my hands and feet or knees. That's another life from the devil. You see, if the devil can't convince you that God will bring you back to the land that he gave you, the possession and inheritance, the calling on your life, the next thing he'll do is say, even though you think you're going to make it, and I can't convince you otherwise, I'm going to beat you up all the way to the promised land. This is a very real occurrence that happens to many believers. They come under this dark, gloomy mindset that even the best times that I have, I can never fully enjoy it or give myself to believing it because I know on the heels of that, there's going to be trouble from the enemy. That's how the devil operates. But when we know his strategy, we need to say, what did the word of the Lord say? What did God say? And what has God prepared for me? As we heard during the worship a few moments ago. It has not been seen by any human eyes. No human ear has heard. Nor has it entered into the heart or the mind of people regarding what God, in, in, in other words, how glorious a future He's got. A real glorious future and hope for you. For those who love God. When you go through difficulties, if you can say truly, I love God through this. Just like in a marriage, when people go through a hard time, and they may be arguing, they may be in the heat of it, and they say, you know what, we're incompatible. You're totally in an, on another wavelength, and I feel like this is the moment in which we need to part ways because we're not getting along. It takes the person that understands that love is a commitment to say, even though I feel this way, I'm going to work through it because I love you. Amen? This is God's method of showing us how to overcome hopeless circumstances. The situation may look hopeless and it may be hopeless from man's point of view. But never from God's throne. Amen? Never from God's throne. God always makes a way. So he's telling these people. This is what the enemy says. I've been hearing it. But because he's been swallowing you up. Because he's been robbing you. And because people are talking about you. God says, I'm going to come to your defense. You know what? The beautiful thing is, Ezekiel was not a sinner like the rest of Judah. Daniel didn't sin like the rest of Judah. Jeremiah didn't. 
what they were all looking for, that V-Day, Victory Day. They're looking carefully to the promise being fulfilled. And while they were with the burden of the people's sins, they also faced a hopeless situation. They faced a king and kings who wanted Israel to be their slaves forever. See, they faced a hopeless situation, but they knew they loved God. God loved them. They knew that God loved them and they loved God. Therefore, they had hope. They had their ears open to every word. You know, like streaming, it's coming. On a certain day, it says, on this year, at this year, at this particular month, on this day, in the evening, I was by that river, Ezekiel said. And that's when God spoke to me. You may be in your kitchen, going through the routines of the day, or in your backyard, or on the job. All of a sudden, God wants to talk to you. Are you able to hear God come give you hope? We need to know hope is available. We need to know God is speaking. We need to be in tune with God's voice. And then we can get just what we need for the moment when all hell seems to break loose. And you feel like running away and hiding. God says, no, stand right there and see the salvation of the Lord. Be still and know that I am God. Even if the earth is quaking and the mountains are thrown into the middle of the ocean, all calamity and hell is breaking loose. For some people it's an illness. It seems to be a hopeless case. Along with it, it's not a dormant kind of thing where, you know what, I'm just hoping and praying it'll solve, resolve. No, every day is torment. There's torture involved. How can you give hope to such a person? Jesus said, look beyond it for my word to come down. Fill you again. Fill you again with hope. So that you can believe my promise again. And you know what? All of a sudden that faith starts coming. Lord, it's been 300 miles I've been walking. And there's been no water in sight. No hope. Like these dry bones. And you feel like giving up. God says, you only have 300 yards left. What hope will have when a runner endures the agony of the stitches in the ribs and the ankle and the knees feel like failing, the lungs feel like collapsing. They have pushed themselves to the second wind and beyond. If that runner looks down and looks back and said, I've done so much, up the hill, down the hill, all these different things, and I can't do anymore. But if the runner can see that the finish line is just a few yards away, how they will press on in hope and say, God, I'm going to make it. That's what the Christian says. I'm going to make it because all this time, when all hell was breaking loose in my life and my family, 
in my situation, on my job, in my finances, such a burden. Some people feel like they can jump off the building. That's how a financial burden can affect somebody. We know all about it. Some more than others, better than others. You feel like, what's the point? If I have to keep on struggling all the time, I wish it was over. I'd rather have nothing than to keep struggling like this. The diagnosis, no hope. God says, son of man, can these dry bones live? Can this situation where things are disjointed, ready to rot, it's so dead. God says, I am going to give you the directions of what to do because I'm going to do something. I'm going to do something here. In your family, I'm not done. Hallelujah. I'm not done. I have something else I'm going to do. I'm going to give you a breakthrough. In your personal problems, you're striving to please God and you feel like you're always coming up short. And the devil keeps peddling that idea. God says, I'm going to breathe into you. Where one more time, Judah, Israel, people of God, brother, sister, you're going to start talking God's language. The language of hope and faith. Where God can actually sprinkle something called living water. And completely take that damaged heart. As I said, Jesus heals the broken heart. He heals broken hearts. By a miracle, not magic. When that water goes on that heart that's been crushed in so many places. So broken, so hopeless. The water passes on that heart. And by the time the water is through, a brand new heart is there. Not just a washed heart that's broken, but a brand new heart. Somebody says it's too good to be true. Because, medically speaking, based on what the experts say, quote-unquote, based on my experience in this world, based on what my body is telling me, there's no hope. God can come and revive and give life to anything and everything that you ever thought could never revive. Everything and anything, it's good and part of his plan. So you see how the devil can slander. He can whisper things into your ears and he won't stop until you stand your ground and say, get out with those lies in Jesus' name. The word of the Lord says, I have a hope and a future for you. My plans are not to harm you. You know, we're so used to hearing Jeremiah 29, 11 and seeing it in print. And sometimes it can become a ritual and routine that we don't stop to think. There are people, believers in God, who actually have this haunting fear as they go day by day that God is really wanting to harm me. You say, how can that ever be? Because they listen to the devil. God is just setting me up. You know what? The judgment that I deserve for what I did 30 years ago, I'm probably still going to pay for it. That's a lie from the pit of hell. The Lord said, once I've dealt with it, once you've come to me and confessed and repented, it's gone. You're brand new. So even the weight of sin can be lifted 
in less than a second. That's a hope that is beyond this world. Let's continue reading here, verse 4, Ezekiel 36, verse 4. Therefore, O mountains of Israel, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to the mountains, the hills, the rivers, the valleys, the desolate wastes, and the cities that have been forsaken, which became plunder and mockery to the rest of the nations all around. You know what he's saying here? What you're enduring, what your family is going through, I'm going to touch your children. I'm going to touch your husband, your wife. I'm going to touch every part of your burden and release you and bless you so you can be in the place where I can anoint you to make you fulfill the call I have on your life. Don't let the devil ever rob you of the call God has on your life. Don't let hopelessness ever make you talk the devil's language. It's a fight. It's a spiritual struggle. It's not simply a matter of, I feel a little down today, and I'm going to watch some TV to get my mind off this problem that won't go away. And maybe going to the store, shopping, maybe eating, nothing solves it. God says, my word, I've sent my word and healed the people. He sent his word. It comes like a, a, a rocket and a laser beam from heaven exactly to the mark where that trouble is. And the Lord delivers. The Lord does a miracle. But he's telling them, the rivers, the mountains, the valleys, the desolate waste places. As a believer, you can go from zero to level one. Where you have faith to believe, you know what? I never did good in school, someone may say. And even though my track record in school is less than desirable, or virtually no track record, but now God is calling me to go back to school for His glory. God is putting me in a position where I have to go to school. And that believer says, even though I always said, even though I believe in God and love God, somehow hope has come in. The more I hear God's word, I think I can do this. I think with God's help, a person who failed all the time in school can pass and make the grade and even succeed. But that's about it. They have that hope for one area better than no hope. But then someone else comes along and says, you know, God helped me through school. I can see His hand on my life. Maybe in my relationships that seem to be so difficult and always failure, maybe if God can do this for me, which was impossible, maybe God can do something here. Maybe the dry bones can live here. Hope comes in. And all of a sudden, heaven opens up with all that God wants in your relationships. Glorious touch of God. 
and you have this sense of belonging, sense of acceptance, sense of accomplishment, sense of being able to give to somebody and help them. As opposed to being closed with a shattered, broken heart, crushed, never wanting to open up to anyone. Why? Because I don't want to get stepped on again. I'm tired of it. That's a real burden that believers can carry. But God said, I go to, I'm going to breathe into you, into that circumstance and make something new so that you don't have to feel that way anymore. Hallelujah. Not just not have to feel that way, you're not going to feel that way anymore. Amen? God's power can actually do the work. He can actually say it and then perform it to anyone who believes. So think about that scenario. Faith to believe, faith to believe for this. But as I grow in trusting God, how is going to have hope for this area? And then this area that is even worse than the other two. That's a, a worse impossibility if there's such a thing. Never can be fixed. It's too far gone, too complicated. And I don't want to bother with it. God says, come along. I'm going to make you face every challenge. You're going to be victorious in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Some people, it's addiction. There's an addiction to something. It's a veritable, veritable prison. It's like a person walking around with a cage from head to toe. They may smile from inside that prison. They may try to shake hands with people through the bars. But they're still in that prison. What a tragedy. What a burden. How Jesus cares. He doesn't come to say, Look at you. You're a disgrace. Look at my other children. The Lord says, He won't even break a bruised reed. You can have kids or even adults. You know, they're walking along on the street, on the sidewalk. And they see maybe... A, a growth of a plant, a weed, and it's halfway stupid, broken. You know what people do? They look at it and say, ah, it's broken anyway. Stop and keep on going. Some people do that even in a situation when somebody can't produce for them. Horror of horrors. Utility of an individual. If they can't do for me, basically I have no need of them. We live in such a death culture society. Where people put people, not just animals to sleep, but people to sleep. Not because of their torment. A lot of times it's because of convenience. I don't want to be bothered with it. And you know what the alibi is? Well, aunt so-and-so and cousin so-and-so, the doctor said, and so we're going to sign the papers. Oh Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. Many, many times murders committed. You know why? Because hope is not there. Fear comes in or worry. Hopelessness. And people begin to push buttons. Why? Because they are trying to handle it on their own. But when God's in the picture, there's hope when you pray. There's faith in a hopeless situation. I don't have to have that prison that I carry perfectly tailor-made to me. Everywhere I go, the prison goes. The bars go. And God says, 
I want to get you out of bed. Because of lack of hope is lack of faith. Hope that is seen, the Bible says there's no hope at all. We hope for what we can't see now. God has the breakthrough for me. He has the deliverance for me. I believe His Word. And because I have a hope that He's got something good, something big, great and glorious, just over the horizon, and it's not wishful thinking, it's the truth. I can believe now. I can trust His promise. He says the mountains, the rivers, the valleys, the desolate wastes. Every place in your life, God says, I want to pour hope. I want to breathe into you. I want to make you just like my son, the Lord Jesus Christ. No matter whether it was a storm, whether it was a leper coming to him, whether it was threats from the devil, from his people, whether it was in the garden of Gethsemane, no matter what he went through, he always had hope. There was a point in which he said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It was a moment where in his humanity, he expressed the burden of the weight that he bore, where he had that separation from the Father to the extent he never stopped being God, never stopped being part of the Trinity. But because he became sin for us, there was that burdensome cry that came up from the depths of his soul. Oh, where are you God? Where are you? He can hardly breathe. Why have you forsaken me? But it's also written in Isaiah 53. He saw the burden that he was going through. But he knew people are going to get born again. What he suffered is going to turn out for good. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. To all who are called according to His purpose. The Son of God didn't realize He embraced every promise of the Tanakh. The Jewish Scriptures. Every promise of the Torah. When He was in the wilderness being tempted, when the devil came and said, you have no hope, there's no bread. The only way out is to manipulate the situation. Do what I say. Go ahead, use your power. He went to the promise. It is written. In a hopeless situation, man shall not live by bread only, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. It was over. That temptation and hopelessness that the devil tried to bring, it was, it was gone. Next thing the devil tried. And then the next thing. And then for 40 days he was trying. Every time. Because Jesus had hope. He held on to the word. Of the father. And he used it to overcome the situation. Because he had hope. When he was being crucified. He knew. You see his mind was on. The promise. And the outcome that God told me. And I'm not moving from that. You can take my hands and crucify me. You can 
nail me with my feet to that wooden tree cross. You can slap me. You can do everything to humiliate me. But I will not be without hope. He's our role model. He's the one who's speaking to Ezekiel. The Lord Jesus. The mockery. God is a jealous God. He loves us so much that He said twice over here in this chapter, my jealousy is stirred up. I'm furious. I know you didn't walk with me for a while. And that's why you're in this situation. For them, He said that. But I love you so much, I'm not going to stand for another minute of the devil bullying you around. You're ready to turn back to me. Hallelujah! You're ready to come back and take victory. Verse 5, Therefore thus says the Lord God, Surely I have spoken in my burning jealousy against the rest of the nations, against all Edom, who gave my land to themselves as possession. The devil says, I have you. I have your lungs. I have your money. I have your family. I have your job. I have everything. There's no hope. You're my slave. God says no. V-Day is here. Hallelujah. I'm going to break you out of everything you thought you could never get out of. Hallelujah. He says, I'm burning with jealousy because I love my child. He's being bullied by the devil. He says, with wholehearted joy and spiteful minds, these robbers, they plundered its open country. Therefore, here's what God says, prophesy. Prophesying is not something they're seeing on the right there in front of them. They're hearing it. It's communicating hope in a hopeless situation. And then they exercise faith and say, that's what I'm going to think about. What God said. But it's going to happen. And the prophecy was given. Concerning the land of Israel. Whenever God says the land is connected to the people. When He says the mountains are mine and I'm looking for the mountains to rejoice. He's saying my people, my family, you are my family, God says. And I'm not going to stand for you being robbed in broad daylight by the devil of your joy, your peace, your health, your relationships. I want to give it all back. Thus says the Lord. Behold, I've spoken in my jealousy and my fury because you have borne the shame of the nations. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, I have raised my hand. He said, I swear, I promise. In an oath that surely the nations that are around shall bear their own shame. He said, I'm rising up for you to put to shame every demon that ever made you lust after something that you're not supposed to have. It could be money, it could be flesh, it could be whatever it is. A person starts to listen to it and try it and they become slave to it. God says, I'm not going to stand for you going on in this cycle of defeat. I want to give you permanent victory. Surely, the devil is going to be put to shame. Hallelujah. But you, O mountains of Israel, you shall shoot forth your branches and yield your fruit to my people Israel, for they are about to come. They're about to come back. You're about to go back. 
What God promised you 15 years ago, maybe 30 years ago, maybe three days ago. God says, you're going to come and inherit that promise. What you've been hoping for will come to pass. Amen? What you've been praying for will come to pass. Hallelujah. Because God said it. And God said, I'm going to do it. He said, in fact, I swear. And the Bible says he can swear by no greater. Look at the lens to which God says these things. He doesn't just say, Ezekiel, go and say, I'm going to help you out. He said, I'm burning in jealousy. Because I love my people. They're being bullied around by the devil. By these nations. They're being robbed. I'm calling them back. And I'm going to set them free. They're going to bear fruit. Somebody says, you know, it's enough for me to get out of this hell hole right now. There's so much torment. There's so much despair. I just want to come out of that. And even if I'm in limbo somewhere, it's better than being in that tormenting place. Oh God. God said, that's not all. I'm not only going to bring you out. I'm going to put you in the promised land where you're going to bear fruit. You're going to be a blessing to people. Once again. Hallelujah. For indeed, God says, I am for you. And I will turn to you. And you shall be tilled and sown. I'm going to make sure you bear fruit. How can God say this? You know what I see in this chapter? So far, there's a lot of talk about God stepping in to save them and bless them. And how He's in relationship with them. He hasn't forgotten about them. He hasn't turned His back on them. But I don't hear Him saying, if I'm going to take even one little step to help you, you better behave. He came looking for us when we were dead in transmission sense. When we couldn't even respond the way He was going to make us respond later by blessing us. That was good enough for God. God said, Blessed are those people who hope in His mercy. Even if I feel, Lord, I can't seem to get over this habit or over the, the way I behave. It really bothers me. In certain situations, Lord, I wish I could do things differently, but I feel like I'm doing the same thing over and over again. God says that I can make you to overcome that cycle, break it, and make you to handle things the way you should have handled them. Can I go back? Some cases, yes. As we know, some cases you can't. But you know what God can do? He can do something else also. He can actually redeem the past. He can redeem the past. Only God can redeem the failures. He can make us come to a point where we don't even feel the sting of the burning sense of how much I've lost. We'll be in the promised land enjoying the fruit that God has and being a blessing so consistently, so fully, and we don't even have time to look back. That's such a clear picture of what God is about to say to them further. He said, I will multiply men upon you. 
a place that's barren. All the house of Israel, all of it, and the cities shall be inhabited, and the ruins rebuilt. I will multiply upon you man and beast, and they shall increase and bear young. Look at that. A perpetual fruitfulness. It's not just a one-time event. God said, you're in a totally different zone right now. I'm bringing you into the promised land to stay. I will make you inhabited as in former times and do better for you than at the beginning. What did God do in the beginning? When you got saved, remember how you felt? You felt like you're beside yourself. You felt like you're floating. You felt like liquid waves of love, as somebody described it. Just coming, washing over you. Filling your heart. And you felt like everything is brand new. And God has done some marvelous things. But God says, I don't just want you to go back and look at the former glory. The times when, you know that summer when you're doing well? Some of you. A particular period in a certain year. Maybe a couple of months. Maybe a whole year. And you just long for that. It's nostalgic. It's memory lane. Oh, if I could just feel that. Look what God is saying. He's saying to His people today, I'm not only going to take you out of the pit and from a barren state, from a frustrated, hopeless state, and relieve you of the burden, but I'm going to bring you to where you're supposed to be. I'm going to make you fruitful again. And another thing, what I'm about to do with you, down the road, is going to exceed everything you ever felt, even when you just got born again. How powerful. Who can grasp this? Who can say, Lord, I want this for myself? I believe it. We're going to finish shortly. Then he says, you shall know that I am the Lord. On the one hand, God says this, when I punish the nations that are taunting you, they're going to know I am the Lord. When I execute judgment upon your enemies, they're going to know who they've been messing with. When they messed with you, they were messing with me. Saul, how hard it is to kick against the goads. He said before that, why are you persecuting me? At that time, Saul was filled with the devil. The great apostle was filled with the devil. It says, breathing like a vent, a vapor of wrath, wanting to destroy Christians. This man was stopped in his tracks when he was on the way to kill more Christians. Round about. And Jesus says, why are you persecuting me? Can we connect this? God is jealous for you. He says, I'm watching. Never be without hope. Because I'm watching to set you free, to relieve you of the barrenness, of the heavy burden, the state of sorrow, broken heart. Broken heart. And I'm going to bring you out of that. Not to leave you in limbo, in a vacuum. I'm going to take you to a place of joy. Where you have hope. You have faith. You have joy again. And furthermore, I'm going to lift you up and make you fruitful. 
And I'm going to make you a blessing to all the world again. Finally, the glory that you're about to see in your life through my righteous right hand. The right hand of the Lord doeth valiantly, victoriously. Is going to exceed what you've ever seen before. God is saying, in effect, I can just call out your name right now. You may still be thinking, nice message, but it's not for me. God says, what I'm about to do with you, you haven't seen anything yet. Hallelujah. In the ages to come, what is the exceeding greatness of His riches that He wants to lavish upon us? Just gift after gift after gift. That's the nature of God's love. And it's like that river we sang about. It'll just come and go through the ravines, every crevice. It'll go to the valleys, everywhere in your life. There won't be one inch of territory in your life that the Holy Spirit will not touch and make fruitful. Hallelujah. How many of you believe that? I believe that with all my heart because God said it. And I know the times when I failed the Lord. I never ever heard Him say I'm through with you. Always, I love you. Come back to me. Hallelujah. Now He has to tell us not to do certain things, of course. So we don't end up in the same place. And He has to give us warnings, of course, so that we have a measure of consequence. And we have to fear. But the prevailing message of God in the Old Testament and the New is love. We're just going to skip now to chapter 37. Just a few more minutes. I believe the Lord's spoken a lot already. And met us where we are. Or maybe somebody you know. The hand of the Lord came upon me. And brought me out in the spirit of the Lord. And set me down in the midst of the valley. And it was full of a femur, thigh bone. A hip bone, a pelvis. Maybe a, a patella, a kneecap somewhere. Who knows? A disintegration of a human being. No life. Just bones. A collection of bones. Not a Halloween stunt, but a real graveyard. And the prophet is put right into it. He's never seen anything like this. And he's looking here, a heap of bones there. And maybe he was thinking, I don't know how many people these bones amount to. There's so many of them. He says many, not a few, many. A heap of bones everywhere. And he's probably wondering, what did God bring me here for? He set me in the midst of that valley. And it was full of bones. And he caused me to pass by them. God says, let's take a little tour. All around. And behold, his eyes got to see. There were very many People who are no more. Hopeless people walking around, going to their nine to five, visiting family, traveling, 
doing life. Heap of bones. No life. No spirit of God. No meaning or purpose whatsoever. Just like a hamster on that wheel. Until it stops. It's over. He said there were very many in the open valley. And indeed, another quality about them. He noticed something. He said, when I closely examined these bones, they appeared to me very dry. In other words, God is emphasizing it's long gone. It is dead. The marriage is dead. You can't convince me any other way. A lot of people say that. And you know, it may be true. It's dead because there's no love, there's no care, but there's a function, a utilitarian kind of use of the convention of marriage, the institution, to survive. God said, that's not the way I want you to live. I didn't give you what I gave you so you can be in barrenness and despair and hate it every day. But I want to revive it. Somebody says, can God revive this? I'm really asking sincerely. I hear what you're saying, but son of man, can these dry bones, these dry bones live? The prophet never faced this before. So he said, Lord, you know, you know. You see, when he said that, it wasn't just a statement of uncertainty. Basically, he was saying, if you want to, Lord, like Job said, you can do all things. I don't know what it is you're wanting to do. But I know, I know, if God wants these bones that are so many, so dry, to come to life, that was a big leap of faith. Because he didn't have a corpse. He didn't even have half of a corpse and half a skeleton. He had bones that too disjointed everywhere in pieces. No full skeleton, and very dry. When God said, can this live? Oh Lord, you know, you know. We need to be open like that to God so He can do a miracle. Verse 4, again He said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, Oh, dry bones, you hopeless situation. Hear what God says to you. Thus says the Lord God to the bones. Surely I will cause breath to enter into you and revive. Remember before, a few moments ago we heard, he said, I lifted my hands in the previous chapter. I swear, by two immutable things, God who cannot lie, took an oath. You know it's going to happen. God says, surely the situation is going to be fixed. They're going to live. I will put these fibrous 
tissue called ligaments and tendons like cords to pull together the bones. I'm gonna form these sinews. But Lord, can you show me the first sinew in this valley of dry bones that you can use to multiply? Not one sinew was there. No sign of life, no way to repair this. God says, I'm gonna bring sinews. I'm gonna bring muscle and tissue the connecting parts, I'm going to reassemble everything and breathe new life. It's going to be a mighty army. Well, God says, along with these things, it's going to be brand new skin. We all carry burdens. Some of us carry burdens that are so sorrowful that we can't even shed tears it's so heavy we run out of tears and there's an anxiety that comes when you think about that hopeless situation and it seems the hordes of hell come with a million voices saying each one of them the same thing it's never going to happen it's never going to happen and you have to fight that off at the same time the situation in front of you which looks hopeless when I look to the living God who said, I'm telling you, I can do a miracle. Do you believe me? I have to say, Lord, clear everything. Demons get out in Jesus' name. Situation that's in front of me, God said you're going to live. God said there's going to be a miracle. I'm going to hold on to the living God. He's coming through. Hallelujah. Mountain, you've got to move. Hallelujah. Because God has come through for me. He has told me the prophecy and the promise. And I am going through. Hallelujah. My children will return to the land that God wants them to be in. Do you know the burden of a parent that has a son or a daughter? That the devil said, they're going to all be and die. Watch. God said, no they're not. Hallelujah. They're going to not only stop doing that drug. They're going to be fruitful for me. It's not a vain hope. It's not a pep talk from some kind of counselor. It's the word of the Lord. God didn't bring this message to give a good feeling. He came to do something. Hallelujah. And all who believe can say, My son, my grandson, my nephew, my daughter, my wife, my husband. I'm going to rub my eyes and say, this is what the Lord told me. And now, they're actually doing it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. One day, Samuel is going to stand up here and say, Thus said the Lord, that this dry bone was going to live. And I'm telling the whole world, if He can do it for me, Jesus can do it for you. Hallelujah. All the people who are struggling and suffering, with despair. They're thinking, Lord, Lord, it's not for somebody else. I'm the dry bones. God, I'm so without hope. Lord, I've done some things to change my life around. But this is haunting me, Lord. I've never been able to let go of this memory, this incident. Oh, such a humiliating thing. God, 
I don't know if there's any hope. God says, speak to that and say, thus says the Lord, in that area where you're dead, God is going to revive you and make you fruitful and victorious. Amen? You may be going through that valley. You may be going through despair and anxiety. You feel like, I'm actually the one. That's the bad place to be in. When a person gets so downcast, they feel like, I really wish I wasn't alive anymore. What a sorrowful feeling. God sees every tear. God says, I have a bottle in heaven where I've stored every one of your tears. Every heavy sigh. You know, when God sighed deeply, when He saw unbelief, when He saw people dying, Jesus sighed. Can Lazarus come out of the grave? That's what they were wondering. Couldn't this man who opened the eyes of the blind, couldn't he have done something? Is it possible? Lord said, I didn't come here for nothing. I came here to do a miracle. Looked up to heaven. Lazarus, and he didn't have to say, Thus says the Lord, because he was God. And he is God. Come forth. Instantly, the dead came back to life. As we stand to our feet, and look to the Lord as we have received the word of promise, as we have gotten hope from the word of the Lord once more, and said, Lord, I've heard it's for me too. Lord, I've heard that in the situations where I have been broken, I've been beat up, it felt like I've been mowed down, Lord, so much despair, so much pain, so much heartache, so much hopelessness. Jesus came to heal broken hearts. Hearts that are crushed. Some people, it's carrying something from a long time ago. It's a very heavy burden. Others, it's something that's happening right now. Right in front of them, every day they're looking at it. And the thought comes, will it ever live? For others, it's a combination of the stuff that happened in the past and they're carrying it. And stuff they're facing right now. Dry bones in the past, like a backpack carrying it. Dry bones right in front of me. God, oh God, I believe you today. Hallelujah. I have hope again today. Hallelujah that God will come through for me. God will do what He promised, what He did before for God's people. He will do it again. Hallelujah. He will make blind eyes to see. He will make deaf ears to hear. He will make the dumb and the mute to speak. Hallelujah. He will make the crippled man to walk. Hallelujah. And leap. Hallelujah. He will cause the children that used to be free. They're in bondage right now. God, my children... Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. For the Bible tells me so. Thank you, Lord. 
Because you love me, you've spoken to me. Because you love me, you've told me that what is left undone in my family. You know, God has brought me this far in the desert. In the wilderness, I've seen some things. I've seen water come. I've seen manna come. But I see scorpions. I see snakes threatening me. I see a camp of enemies over there. I, I see arrows coming my way. God, you brought me this far. Can you take me all the way through? Can you solve the other problems I'm facing? Jesus said, Thus says the Lord, The dry bones shall live. Hallelujah. They're going to live. Hallelujah. Miracle working God. He says, I'm going to do a full work. A thorough work. How many of you know, God never does things halfway. That's not His style. Hallelujah. He's a God who finishes what He started. Hallelujah. He who began a good work in you shall complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. And if you can believe that for yourself, God is calling you to believe it for your child, your children. He's causing you to believe it for your finances. Things that seem to be hopeless. Can I get out of this burden, Lord? Nobody will give me a job, somebody says. God says, I'm not only going to give you a job. I want you to come live with me in my palace. Hallelujah. I want you to sit with me and dine with me. I have all the precious things for you. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us. That we should be called the children of God. God will solve every trouble. He's the healer of our bodies. He's the healer of our broken hearts. Hallelujah. That which is hopeless and dead. God says, I am moving right now. Come, four winds. Come, breathe. Prophesy. Breathe. God will do it. God will get you out of your prison. God will get you out of everything that seems to be hopeless. I want you to pray with me right now. But before we do, wherever you are, you may be watching from another part of the world, maybe right here in the sanctuary. I want you to name one to three things in your own heart. You need to face this and speak to it today. Hallelujah. Not just a little quoting of a promise, but with full faith, like Ezekiel did. And you will see. You will see a resurrection. Think of three things that are hopeless. Think of three things where you see a valley full of many dry bones. Some of us have a whole bunch of valleys full of many dry bones. But you bring to the living God right now Pray with me. Oh, Father in heaven, God of the impossible, here are my petitions, Lord. Here is the letter I received from the enemy saying that he's going to take over and destroy. Lord, oh Lord, forgive me of anything that I've done to contribute to the problem. Please forgive me. Please forgive me with your precious blood. Oh Jesus. Forgive me where I failed. 
That's why part or all of the problem is what it is today. Please forgive me. And Father, I pray that the very situations the devil said are hopeless, you will prophesy to my situation. As I've heard the word of the Lord, now Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, come into my situation, O oh God. Breathe in this area, Lord. Revive my family members, Lord God. Breathe into this area, Lord. Bring healing and deliverance, Lord. Breathe into this area, Lord. Turn the barrenness into fruitfulness, O oh God. O oh, river of God, flow into every nook and corner of my life. Spirit of the living God, come forcefully and blow away every despair out of my life. Oh, Father in heaven, help me. This day I've decided, Lord, to believe in your word. I've decided to believe in your word that you will bring my death back to life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The word that God spoke will come to pass. Who believes it? Shout it like you mean it. God in heaven, hear your voice. God, hear my voice. Hallelujah. 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 Oh God, you make my dead come back to life. It's been a long battle, but it's not over. Hallelujah. Jesus said, I'm standing there with a crown of victory in your situation. Hallelujah. I don't have to see it to believe it, but I believe it and surely I shall see it. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm going to pray for you right now. Father in heaven, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Father, I pray. The hopelessness that your people have been carrying, Lord, for these areas in their lives. Oh God, the God of wonders, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Breathe your holy breath, Lord. We know, Lord, though the, the four winds came from the earth, it was your spirit that came down, Lord. Because only the Holy Spirit can regenerate. Only the spirit of the living God can revive. Only the spirit of resurrection can restore. Father, I ask you in Jesus' name. Father, for every single person that has prayed that prayer. Like little children, we don't know what to do. We don't know what to do. We have nothing that we can do. No one can turn this around. Nothing helps, Lord. But we know that you can. Father, for those who believe that, I pray that you would cause a rumbling to happen. A rattling to happen. Fit bone to bone in the name of Jesus. Bring that sinew, Lord, the tendons. Lord, materialize, Lord, what you are about to do. Step by step, may the glory in you, Lord. I pray this week, this week, you do something new in the lives of your people. Lord, rise up in your jealousy, Lord, for your people whom you love. Stand up, Lord, and defend them against the enemy. Lord, destroy the word of the devil and make your word come true. Oh, Jesus, I pray, rain down your prosperity. Rain down your prosperity. May they be filled overflowing. Lord, may you prepare a table for them in the very presence of the enemy. Hallelujah. In the presence of the devil. 
And Lord, you anoint their heads with oil. You fill their cup to overflowing. Thank you, Jesus. And surely, as God said, Lord, you said, surely as I live, goodness and mercy shall follow you, each one of you, that have believed the word today. God's rhema word will materialize. You will see it unfold even beginning this week. Who believes it? Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. This week, hallelujah. This week, hallelujah. Not the week after. This week. Because God spoke to me today for this coming week. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Stanley, if you can come up. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And Elizabeth, we're going to worship the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. No more harassment from the devil. Hallelujah. It's over. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. God's word is true. Yes and amen. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Father, we have hearts full of gratitude to you. Because we're going to see our loved ones come out. In the name of Jesus. They're coming out of their tombs. Hallelujah. Dead bones are going to live. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's worship Him and thank Him from the bottom of our hearts. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your word of love. Your word of hope. Your word of mercy. Hallelujah. 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 Praise you. Praise you. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We're going to worship. Stand if you can come with the guitar if you can. Elizabeth, if you're around for the keyboard. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The song that God gave me, even as He gave this word, very pertinent. We're going to sing, breathe on us, breathe on me. Hallelujah. Because this week, we're going to see things put back together. In the name of Jesus, we're going to see it begin. Hallelujah. We're going to see God put back together that which is dead, that which is hopeless. The healer of broken hearts is here. Hallelujah. He cares for me. He cares for you. He's not just coming to do a job and leave. He loves you. Jesus loves you. Hallelujah. Breathe on us. Thank you, Jesus. Receive it today.
bring your tithes and offerings to the Lord. Revive and restore, Holy Spirit, breathe on us. Yes, Lord, breathe on us now. Breathe. Oh, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. Shout it. Shout it like you mean it. It's God's word. Hallelujah. The dry bones shall rise at the sound of thy voice. The dry bones shall rise as a mighty army. Oh, yes. In your family, in my family. One to three things that you brought in your mind before our living God. I want you to say in your heart to the Lord, Lord, I'm going to say, Lord, my son's healing. Samuel's complete healing. I believe that, Lord, you've spoken today. And no demon in hell can stop your plan for Samuel's life. Hallelujah. I want you to say that about your situation. Say, Lord, no demon in hell can stop you from doing a wonder and a miracle in my life for the situation that I'm facing. Hallelujah. The word has come to your family time and time and time again. And you see zero life. God said, I'm going to flip that. Hallelujah. I'm going to flip that scenario. Hallelujah. You're going to see your dead come to life. Hallelujah. Oh yes. Even people who are religious in your life. But they're dead spiritually. God said I've been watching the sorrow. And the bullying of the devil. Every time you pray. To say it's not going to happen. God said it's going to happen. Hallelujah. I want you to say Lord. This situation. This child. This relative. This illness. Oh my God. You breathe on it, Lord. And you're going to make a brand new heart to come, Lord, into the heart of my loved one. Hallelujah. A new heart. A new heart. A new heart. New organs. Hallelujah. For disease organs. Hallelujah. New life in the name of Jesus. What is there that God cannot do? Hallelujah. <coughs> Lord, I believe you, Lord. I believe you. There's nothing you cannot do. You know what I was going to sing just now? The devil didn't like it. In the name of Jesus. Tell me, who can stand before? Let's sing that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. 
And I believe that you have spoken into that situation. And you are going to do a miracle. We're singing. And our faith is rising. And I want to ask you a question. If you saw the situation resolve right in front of your eyes right now, how would you react? If you saw Jesse come up here and say, Thus says the Lord, the dry bones will live because He made me live. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Oh yes, our faith must be real. We have to count those things that are not as though they were. And when you praise God, it's got to be like your son, your daughter, your grandson. They're standing before you whole. Hallelujah. Those who are having financial difficulty. If you are handed a check right now to pay all your bills. When you are behind for months and months. And the burden is weighing heavily. You have the check right there. One thousand dollars free. Are you going to say, in the name of Jesus. In the name. Oh, thank you Lord. Oh, my burden's lifted. When you don't have even a penny, you see that check, you're going to rub your eyes. But it's going to dawn on you. I really have the money. The check is good. Bills are getting paid. Hallelujah. And God gets the glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My God will supply all your need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. I believe it. Hallelujah. For a lot of us, we've experienced that. We know what it's like. But you know, like I said, one level of faith, one area. What about that area? What about these dry bones, Lord? Oh God, will the healing ever come? God said, is there anything too hard for me? I said the dry bones will live. I'm going to believe God's word as if I'm well right now. Hallelujah. As if my loved one is well. That's faith. Mountain, you got to move. Let's sing that again with faith and sing it like you're seeing it happen. Hallelujah. God is worthy of that praise because he's a God who speaks and it happens. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Mountain. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Mountain, you got to move. Oh, mountain, you gotta move. I speak right now in the name of Jesus. I made up my mind. I'm going through. Oh, mountain, you gotta move. Oh, mountain, you gotta move. I speak right now in the name of Jesus. Mountain, you gotta move. Hallelujah! Come on. You gotta worship like you're seeing it with faith. You gotta faith can see. Oh, mountain, you got to move. I speak right now in the name of Jesus. I'm made up my made up my mind. I'm going through. Oh, mountain, you gotta move. Oh, mountain, you gotta move. I speak right now in the name of Jesus. Mountain, you gotta move. That problem, sickness. Yes, you gotta move. 
of sickness. You gotta move my speak right now in the name of Jesus. I've made up my mind. Made up my mind. I'm going through. Sickness. Yes, Lord. You gotta move of sickness. You gotta move my speak right now in the name of Jesus. Sickness. You gotta move mountain, mountain. You gotta move, oh mountain, in your life. You gotta move and speak right now in the name of Jesus. Go, made up my mind. You gotta through, oh mountain. You gotta move, oh mountain. Yes, you've got you gotta to move. move. I speak right now in the name of Jesus. Mountain, you gotta move. I made up my mind. Mountain, you gotta move. Hallelujah. Mountain, sickness, sickness. you gotta move. Hallelujah. Mountain, mountain, you gotta move. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Stanley has seen a mountain called Crohn's disease move. Hallelujah. God removed that thing that should have been lifelong and it's gone. Hallelujah. I was in prison and couldn't breathe with suffocation, rushed to the ER in Brookdale Hospital. All the time, not able to breathe. I had no hope. I had a broken heart because I thought, why me? Why do I have to carry this all my life? And I'm told it's going to get worse. I'm here to tell you today, God took that huge mountain and ground it to powder. Hallelujah. Jesus healed me. Jesus heals. Jesus delivers. Jesus saves. That's the motto of our ministry. Let's say that. Jesus heals. Jesus delivers. And Jesus saves. Hallelujah. Jesus heals. Jesus delivers. And Jesus saves. In your situation. Jesus heals. Jesus delivers. And Jesus saves. Hallelujah. Let's give Him glory. Thank you Lord. Thank you Lord. Thank you Lord. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. We're going to close the song, I'm trading my sorrows. Before that, I'm going to pronounce the benediction. And whatever you hear till the last word, it's yours. And you're going to see that happen this week. If you receive it, amen. In the name of Jesus, take it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Amen. And all of God's people said, Amen. Hallelujah. 
Amen. I'm trading my sorrows for something better. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I'm trading my sorrow. I'm trading my pain. I'm laying them down for the joy of the Lord. I'm trading my sickness. I'm trading my shame. I'm laying them down for the joy of the Lord. We say, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord. Amen. I'm trading my sorrow. I'm trading my pain. I'm laying them down for the joy of the Lord. I'm trading my sickness. I'm trading my shame. I'm laying them down for the joy of the Lord. Hallelujah, be saying yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord, amen, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, I'm trading my sorrow, I'm trading my pain, I'm laying them down. For joy of the Lord I'm trading my sickness I'm trading my pain I'm laying them down For joy of the Lord Be saved Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord, amen, amen, amen. 